Hello and welcome to Chatting Fit, episode 18. I am your host, Finley McLaren. You can find me online at chatting underscore fit on Instagram. And if you haven't already followed the show, please do give us a follow, a review, a subscribe, or whatever you fancy. Now, today we're going to be speaking to Brad Jensen of Key Nutrition. Brad goes by the name of The Sober Bodybuilder on Instagram. Really great guy to follow. Talks not just about health and fitness, but also about spirituality and his journey through addiction and sobriety. Fascinating guy, running multiple businesses, motivating people, inspiring people to change, and living a sober life free from addiction. Now, it really piqued my interest and I really wanted to speak to Brad because I think addiction and things like body dysmorphia and the mental health things we're we're suffering from today in society are a lot more prevalent than we realize. A lot of people are dissatisfied with their bodies. A lot of people have addictive tendencies that they're not necessarily working through or aware of. One of the big pillars of health that I think a lot of people are missing is that spirituality element. A lot of people have nutrition down, a lot of people have the physical activity down, but what's missing in their mental health and their emotional health is a level of spirituality and a connection with other people. So that's just my take on it. We're gonna speak to Brad now and we're gonna see what his take is on it. And I hope you enjoyed the show today. So, Brad, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, could you just uh, tell us all a little bit, and everyone who's listening, a little bit about your background and what you do today? Yeah, so my name is Brad Jensen, like you said, uh, and I am located, uh, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, in the uh, in the States, and I own a company called Key Nutrition, and we do uh, we do health and fitness coaching, and we have uh, ten coaches on staff, and and I do a couple other entrepreneurial things in the fitness industry. And uh, this uh, November, um, if uh, if I decide to make it till then, I will have ten years uh, clean and sober from from drugs and alcohol. Um, so I was a pretty gnarly drug addict for about a decade, and uh, lost everything and had nothing. And uh, today, my life is pretty good, and and I'm a dad and. Uh, a single dad at that, which is actually why I was late to this podcast, because uh, you just got to shuffle kids around sometimes when they can't go to daycare because they're sick, but uh, wouldn't have it any other way, man. So life, life is good. That's uh, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm just a guy who loves donuts and lifting weights. So epic, epic. We've got two things in common there. Um, so that's actually how I came across you. Like I think you popped up on my news feed on Instagram, cramming a donut into your mouth. And I was like, what is going on with this guy? Like sober bodybuilder kind of jumped out to me and like the sometimes the amount of hate you were getting for eating donuts and also talking about nutrition is crazy like people just leap at it yeah yeah <laughs> i mean they uh it's 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 an interesting world we live in in the uh especially in the fitness space you got you know you got uh you got all these different polarizing opinions and uh, quite frankly, I feel like my approach is pretty balanced and and it's funny how people hear what they want to hear. Um, meaning like I've always like I literally I have a donut a week um, and uh, it's my thing. I love donuts. Some people love pizza and burgers and don't get me wrong. I'm not a psychopath. I love that shit, too. But donuts is my thing. Like, that's what I love to do. And um I'll get some people that will be like, I, how dare you as a health coach be advocating that donuts are good for people. In fact, I had a lady say that on, on uh, one of my sticker box questions. And uh, my response was never once have I ever advocated that a donut is healthy for you. What I've said is a donut will not make you fat, especially consumed in moderation if calories are equated. And um, I eat a donut because donuts are delicious. And so it's funny. I've been on the other side where I was a cleaning zealot and I was too far like, you know, I used to be the guy who'd be like, how dare you eat a donut? Don't you care about your health? Like, and so what they don't see is the progress from probably some disorder relationship with clean eating that I had for years to get yeah. to this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. There's so much that ties in like, and everyone just loves to fucking slate someone else on, on social media. Like, I'm surprised you still read the comments, mate. You get thousands of comments and like, <laughs> must take, take a lot of energy to read them and be like, no, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i try to and it's uh it's it's interesting um i yeah and you know i don't get i don't get as many trolls as i used to but the the negative comments always pop out to me i'm like oh i gotta respond to this yeah, one my buddy's yeah. like why do you even respond i'm like because other people see that this person has said something negative so i have to uh i have to hit them back 
Mm. A lot of times they just they're just fucking ignorant or they just like to start shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's that like it's that instinctive like defend my point of view that comes out. And really it's like if you don't even feed the attention, it's like it just goes away, just disappears. Yep. No one really gives a fuck. Yeah. Um but you know, you've had this incredible journey. You've gone from like, you know, savage addiction to, you know, living this super cool life, it it seems like. And I just want to understand, I mean, were you a bodybuilder before you got sober? Yeah, yeah. So I got into, uh, you know, just a quick nutshell, because uh, I can tell the story way too long-winded. I was I was a uh, chubby kid growing up. I'm talking like 12, 13, 14, you know. And and really, what I felt like I was the fattest kid ever. But in reality, looking back, I just decided to hang. My friends all had rib cages because they were so skinny. And we called that like abs. But really, they just were, you know. And and I just, I had, I was late hitting a growth spurt. I really liked food. And, uh, and I was just chubbier. And so I was very insecure about it. I got teased by my friends. Um, you know, nothing horrendous. I wasn't bullied and shoved in lockers. But I was teased by my, my own friends. Um but I didn't like that. And so um, I, I started finding this passion for health and fitness at about 14, almost 15 years old. And I was in a, in a bookstore with my mom back when people went to bookstores and I picked up a health and fitness magazine and she was looking for a book. Um, and, I, and I just remember I was enthralled. In fact, it was like the, I would just started reading and I looked at this guy that had all these muscles and it made no sense because I had never even lifted, but I'm like, I want to look like that guy. Like, I want to look like that. I was so enamored and enthralled. And, and so I just kept reading and studied, like I would just read these magazines and I started applying what these magazines said. And, uh, the problem was it was probably a diet for a bikini girl, but I didn't know that. I mean, looking back, I remember eating like four egg whites in the morning with a half a grapefruit. And like, I off that my mom remembers, cause she was like, that's a really clean breakfast for a 14, 15 year old, you know? Uh, but I had this transformation. I lost the weight and, and then I, I found I was too skinny. So, uh, I was like now getting teased for being too skinny. And so my friends would call me anorexia boy. And like, oh, kids shit. are just brutal. Right. Yeah. So I found lifting, uh, I want to really start lifting, but my, my mom wouldn't take me to the gym. She said, you can go once you get a, uh, get a, get a driver's license. So turn 16 and boom, I started going to the gym and, uh, and fell in love. And by the time I was, graduating high school i was a I was a pretty jack kid probably the had the most muscle as far as like shape in my in my whole high school and um and i was in it to win it i found like i could eat more food and i started um i started packing on a lot of muscle just in high school and so i was i was living that bodybuilding lifestyle by the time i was 16 to 18 years old yeah and and you were you were were you competing in sport or anything or you was just gym you know, what's funny was I found the gym. And so I quit all sports because I found that football, they would, you know, when we were going through two a days and stuff. I couldn't really lift. I'd lose all this weight. And so that's, that's how into it. I was, I wanted to become a bodybuilder. So I quit all sports. And I mean, I, uh, and my, my parents were not happy, but when they saw just how much time I was spending at the gym, they were like, okay, this is a fair trade-off. So, uh, I quit all sports. I wanted to become a bodybuilder. And so I went hard right in high school and, uh, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's epic. I mean, it sounds like we had a similar story in terms of getting, getting into training around the same time, 13, 14, because of, I was chubby as well. And like, uh -huh. I actually hated it. I hated people. Like it was always, I mean, I went to like a boarding school. So immediately it was like, you know, everyone's just brutal with each other and you're with them 24 seven and any little chink of weakness, everyone's like, oh, he's fat or like, you know, he's shit with girls or blah, 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 you know, whatever, it, whatever it is. But that at that age, it just goes straight to your heart. Like that it's something cuts. it just cuts you up. It's fucking crazy. So yeah, yeah I did a similar thing. And, um, and it's interesting just, before there, you mentioned stuff about like body dysmorphia and, you know, being in, um, you know, that, that area of bodybuilding about obsessive about, you know, training and obsessive about how we look, you know, you mentioned it in terms of the donut and being, getting a healthier relationship with food. I mean, you obviously, you, you, you obviously sense something coming in when you were younger about like how you viewed your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I remember it's funny. I look back and there was a, I found a picture of me from my senior year of high school. I think it was about to graduate. And of course I had like an Abercrombie and Fitch shirt on with Puka shell necklace. Like Puka nice. shells are coming back now, which is really weird. I saw <laughs> like a young kid with them. I was like, no shit. I thought this would die forever, but yeah, it's too cyclical. Yeah. And, 
I, I looked and I was with a bunch of my friends and it is clear. Like, I mean, I looked like a, like a man and they looked like kids still. Like I was definitely jacked. I mean, big chest. And, uh, and I remember still thinking at that time, like I was so small because I would compare myself to the older guys at the gym. Like, I don't, I, you know, they, there's these jokes, right? Like the first day you start seriously lifting is the day you'll forever become like too small or too fat or too whatever. And, and it really, really went on like that for a long time. Like I could never actually see myself how I really was. And I look back at pictures now and I was like, dude, you should have been damn proud of yourself. You were 18 years old and you were just stacked with muscle. But uh, but I couldn't see it. And I'm going to be honest, man. It took me till probably the last two or three years is the most growth I've done on that. Where now today, like I can actually view myself as a 37 year old dad and be like, dude, you're pretty jacked. And like, I'm not as jacked as I was when I was competing uh, six, seven years ago, not even close. Uh, but I'm also a hell of a lot healthier today. And I have more balance in my life. If that's a real thing, I feels like it some days. Um, and, and I can actually look in the mirror and go, dude, you look good. Like, this is good. You're 37 years old. You know, you're, uh, uh, you, you run a few different businesses. You got single dad life. Like this looks good. And I, I guess I'm paying that, that it took me I, the last two years is when I finally, I think started to make a bunch of progress on what I see in the mirror actually matching what I really look mm. like. What what changed? Like, you know. man, just I just think a lot of more uh, deep work, man. I, t I talk about this, you know, my my coaching philosophy is this four legged chair, right? And if one leg gets wobbly, the whole chair is fucking hard to balance on. And so you got your physical health, your emotional health, your mental health, and your spiritual health, and. And, you know, even clients, they come to me and they think we're just going to work on that physical leg. But what I found is, is that if everything's not balanced, you know, to some certain degree, and it's not always going to be the most sturdy, there might be one leg that's a little wobbly, but I can sit on that chair and feel really sturdy and balanced. And so I just dove a lot more into those other legs of the chair. Um, you know, meditation has been really big for me just to quiet that mind. Um, and just, just continued work to evolve. And a lot of it's the work I need to do to continue to stay sober today. But, um, I just think just like with a fitness transformation, I just think this shit takes a lot of time and everyone wants to quick fix. Like it wasn't like one particular moment that shifted me, um, becoming a dad, I think kind of gave me a new perspective. I was like, man, like life is so much bigger than just how jacked I look. Like I need to show up as a good dad. And, um, and so it just kind of built off each other. Like it wasn't one moment. Like it's just all this little work done consistently, just like in the fucking gym, just like with your food. Like it's not like you go to the gym once and you come back, you're going to see what nothing. Like you're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm jacked. Like, and you go to the gym the next day and you're going to come back and you're going to see nothing. And then, but over the course of months and years, you start to see that change. And I think that's really what happened with me was, um, just more emotional maturity to be like, Hey dude, like viewing myself and, and, and starting to actually like myself for other things other than just how I looked. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. Like when you're looking at yourself every day and when you're the person in your head every day, you don't notice the like 0.1% change every day in one direction. It's like, it's, it's so marginal that you don't see it until you've looked back over like five years or a picture at yourself when you were younger and then you realize you're like, fuck, I've come a long way. But, you know, like our evolution as humans goes in these huge peaks and these huge troughs. And when you're in a trough, you only look back two weeks and go, fuck, I'm in a trough. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Whereas if you look back, you're actually like a thousand feet further up than where you were yep. before. And it's just so like, it's, true. it's all a perspective. It's all a perspective change. And mm -hmm. You know, I, the biggest thing for me, I, cause again, like I had this big thing, like I needed to have a six pack when I was younger. Like if it didn't have a six pack, I'd be like, well, I'm fucking fat and out of shape. And it's like this crazy self-talk. And what actually pushed me to, to being better was I got an extreme amount of pain from mental, mental and physical pain from an injury. And I couldn't train as hard as I was. So even if I wanted to get in the gym and, and have a six pack and stuff, I actually just couldn't, couldn't attain it. I had a super bad knee injury and a super bad back injury. And like that forced me to have a perspective change. And it was like, right, can I run? And then I could, you know, I couldn't run. So like I had to get to a point where I could do go on long hikes and long walks. And then I was like, right, that's actually amazing mm -hmm. progress. And I had to value. It's like, I wasn't grateful for everything that I had. 
until it was taken away. And then once you start layering in the tiny little bits back again, it's like, wow, I can hike like two miles. Wow, that's amazing. I'm really grateful for that. And then it's like, oh, wow, I can go to the gym and I can do lunges. Wow, I'm super grateful for that. Whereas before it was like, if I couldn't go to the gym for two to three hours a day, then I'd be like, fuck, I'm fucked up. Like I lost all my progress. Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, so, so true. That perspective shift is, uh, and, and, you know, nothing quite happened to me like that, but you know, it's, uh, that, that, that really paints a good picture there. And, and I think to a certain degree too, like, well, I, I mean, I know that Sal DeStefano said, and I don't know if this is a real st- st- statistic, geez. Um, but that it's, it's, you have a greater chance of, of becoming a millionaire than walking around with a six pack consistently. And I don't know if that, I mean, I heard him say that at uh, some seminar I was at, and I don't know if it's true, but I think about it. I'm like, that might actually be true. I don't know. Like I achieving and attaining a six pack without like a huge genetic component 24 seven is, uh, is very hard to do. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but, uh, it might be easier to become a millionaire. So yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that there's a huge sway of people like if you're in, if you do like keto, you see some incredibly ripped keto people or incredibly ripped people who are just doing the carnival diet. Like carnival diet is top of mind for me at the moment. Like, cause I'm thinking of doing a 30 day challenge. And I spoke to a guy called Anthony Chaffee the other day. And like, these guys are just Jack like 24 seven, but all they're doing is eating meat, like no carbohydrate and like, it's, and no, no tea, no coffee, like, so it seems like you you got to be extreme if you do want to walk around with a six pack, and then it, you got to argue how how you know how much of a life can you live when you're at that level of extreme. Yeah, that's that's it right there. You know, um, do you? Uh, so you think about doing a thirty day challenge of carnivore? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing thirty day. I mean, like and like pure carnivore, so like no tea, no coffee, like just yeah. ground meat, red meat. And you know what? I think that uh, it, it's always fun to experiment. I've, I've not yet done that, but when COVID hit, uh, part of it was out of boredom. But and, and you know what's funny was I uh, I was just building a following, and I look back and I should I should have logged the whole experience. I might mean, chatted about it on my stories, but I didn't save them as highlights. But I did a thirty day keto challenge because I had been the anti keto guy. I was like, no, no one needs keto, and. It, but not nobody, but I, I was kind of like trying that's keto was more even popular than I was trying to like push back on the narrative. And I said, you know, when I, somebody challenged me, I said, well, have you ever done it? And I said, no. And they said, how do you, I think you can speak to it so strongly. And I said, Hey, touche. So I did a 30 day challenge with keto, uh, like just to see if I could do it. And keto's, I mean, carnivore is even that next level of extreme. Right. Uh, but I learned a lot and it was fun. It was not something that I wanted to continue doing. I think I ended up doing it for five weeks. So it was 35 days. Um, but, but it was, uh, it was interesting to see how my body responded. And I'll tell you what, from like a mental clarity standpoint, like after about two weeks, after kind of like that fog lifted and I hit that and I got into full-blown ketosis. I mean, I, I will, I will say that, that like my mental clarity, Super I clear. felt like I was on Adderall 24 seven. Like I'd oh, never wow. been more sharp and clear. Wow. Um, I did lose some performance lifting weights. Now um, it was at a time when everything was shut down. So I was just using my home gym. So it, it, it uh, worked out. Okay. But I challenge you to do it, man. I think it's always fun to see, like, you know, I, I, I found some real big positives in it and I saw shit that like, I didn't want to do with it. So um yeah, I think, dude, if you do yeah. it, I'd love to follow your journey on that and see how it goes for you. hundred percent. Well, I'm just, I'm just getting ready. I'm going to do like, cause I want to, I want to see above, you know, I, and I'm prepared for that first two weeks. Like you say, that's what everyone says, like the mental flog, fog. And also, especially with just carnival, like you're just constipated, I think for like the first week, like you yeah. just jacked up with me. And, um, but like, it's, it's everything else around it. Like I'm going to get blood work done tomorrow. Like I want to see my testosterone, my LDL, my HDL my HbA1c um, and like a few of the other other stats and I think one of the hardest things is going to be just the quitting coffee like I'm a I'm a I'm a coffee addict like I'm I'm 100% like two three a day and you know it's a crux but like that in itself just quitting coffee for 30 days would be hard enough like <laughs> damn near impossible for me man <laughs> I'm thinking like, I mean, dude, I listen, I know I have a problem with it and I apparently don't care because mm-hmm. I had a buddy call me out that said you like I wake up and before my eyes are like my coffee maker goes off at the same time. I, co- I mean, I'm I'm pouring that thing within 
a minute of waking up. Yeah. And he was like, what would it look like if you waited? And I said, I don't know. I don't want to find out. What the fuck would I want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but dude, you're like dependent on that. I said, so much of it's just habitual. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm like, I really don't care. Uh. But that would be really hard because I definitely, there's a, there's a whole habitual component to it. And then there is probably an addiction component as far as, you know, I mean, luckily the, the, the headaches go away and shit, but mm uh good luck with that man i'm excited yeah, yeah. for you cheers mate cheers mate it's gonna you're gonna see it on my insta um so like you've gone through this crazy journey you, you've gone from sobriety you've got you've built these big businesses and you're like you're you're now coaching with a lot of people like what have you found hardest about transitioning from like i don't know like a party life i guess you could say to you know stability and and discipline and and you know being a bit of a bit, bit of an inspiration to some people Oh, well, thanks for that, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, the, so I, I started using drugs in high school. And so really when i when I, when I got addicted, I was, you know, a little bit after high school, I noticed I, okay, like I have a physical dependence upon, you know, it was Oxycontin back then. But, um, so what's kind of cool is, uh, in November, you know, be 10 years clean and sober off, off everything Epic. except for coffee, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> um, and I, I used for, I was addicted for about 10 years. And, you know, the first few years of that, like there was definitely, I was, it was, it was still fun. It was a party a lot. I was, I was, I was definitely addicted, but I, I, you know, I managed to go to the gym. Like I was living the life and like, uh, and we were just partying. We we're going hard, going to Vegas, doing all this shit. And like, it was fun. I was in my early to mid twenties. The last five years, three to four years were, were just demoralization, man. Just, uh, just, I mean, I ended up homeless at the end and, um, it was no longer a party, man. I got addicted to hard street drugs, heroin and methamphetamines and, um, lost all sense of who I was. I was, you know, 40 pounds underweight, jet black hair, like the whole mix. Wow. And, uh, and it got really, really bad for me. Um, and, you know, that's how drugs work, man. It's uh, it gets, kind of gets worse, never better, especially with, with hardcore narcotics. And so, um, you know, one of the biggest challenging parts is when I first got sober, I'd kind of burnt all my bridges. I burnt the bridges of my family while I knew they loved me. They were like, hey, I don't trust you. So you got to figure this out on your own and until you have some clean time. Like we're going to kind of keep you at an arm's length. And so there was a lot of challenge. Like and initially I, I started waiting tables when I got sober because, uh, you know, I needed to do something to make some money. And, uh, real quick, I got back into the fitness industry, which is what I loved and what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, it was hard starting with nothing. Like I had a five Oh five credit score. I had no car, no place to live. I had to live on some guy's couch. I had a garbage bag. That's it. Like a black garbage bag with all my belongings and which wasn't much. And, and so I had to scrape by and just like make ends meet for a long time. And then when I started looking at repairing how much credit, like I owed, banks and institutions and hospitals it was like another hit of demoralization and and so there was a lot of humility going along there and uh and when i started my when i started my business in uh, january of 2017 i split off from this company i was working for and went all in this and i you know i to that point i mean i have grit tattooed on my knuckles because that's all I thought it was about. Right. And it's funny later I got grace tattooed on these knuckles because there needs to be this combination, but really more importantly was I thought I could just like, I didn't know shit about business. I, I, the only thing I knew about business was from watching shark tank and listening to Gary V on like Instagram and his podcast, which like, that's not a business plan. But in my head, what I said was, man, like you're one of the grittiest motherfuckers I know. Like I somehow I stayed high for like three years with no job. Like I was gritty out there. I did what I had to do every single day. Um, a lot of it, not, not legal, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even when I first got sober, like I deployed so much grit, like willpower, like I was going to do this. And I was like, Oh, a business, the same thing. I can grit my way through this. Like I'll just put all, I'll outwork anybody. And what I found is that's not really a great business plan because I didn't know anything what I was doing as far as any, uh, you know, anything on the back end, making smart strategic moves. The business grew quicker than I was expecting. I didn't know how to manage that money. I kept spending extra money that I didn't need to on shit like blender bottles. I mean, like $10,000 worth of blender bottles. Like that would be nice blender bottles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had, I gave them away for like years. Like it just, that shit was so much. Mm. 
And I look back and when I, I hired my first business coach, the very end of 2018, going into 2019. And that's when the game changed for me as far as just actually having some strategy behind this. And so I think one of the learning lessons for me, while hard work is, is a huge component of this. In fact, I would argue like, you know, when you look at successful entrepreneurs, like a lot of them have, have, uh, that especially early on, like there has to be a, an extreme work ethic, like that's 70 to 80% of it. But that other 20 to 30% of actually knowing what the fuck you're doing is so vital and important. And, uh, and I didn't have that. And so that was a, a great, that was a huge learning lesson for me is that, uh, you can't just grit your way through everything. Like you can't just outwork everyone and it's going to work out. I was working 70 hours a week and, uh, and by, by the time I hired my business coach, I was miserable, man. So, um, I mean, but you know, I'm grateful for that work ethic that was instilled in for me, not only from my parents, but from the gym early on, like I learned a lot of work ethic and then I learned a lot of grit and determination through my drug addiction. And then my early years of sobriety. But, uh, so I'm grateful for that, but I wish I would have been a little more strategic. And so that's what I always tell people. I just had a call with a guy who, looking to, you know, was, was wanting to hire me as a, as a business mentor. I told him the price and he was like, Oh man, that's, that's quite a bit. And I said, dude, I understand. I said, listen, I'm not going to hard close you, but I said, whether it's me or somebody else, like I wish like you should hire somebody soon. Like, even if it's not me, hire somebody to have some strategy, if you really want to take this to the next level. So yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's, there's that attitude in the gym as well, especially when you've had early success like training that you can grit through anything and the grit will take you a long, long way. But sometimes you've got to get to a painful situation where something evokes change and it might be just the fact that you're just beating your head against a wall. And, you know, th th there's tough times when you're young makes you very resilient and it makes you very um, makes you very self um what do I want to say? Like self-sustaining, but ultimately when you get into more complexities of business and other areas of life, like you need outside help, or I've certainly found like the times when I've moved forward in my life is from people advising me and getting outside help and getting out of my own head. And like you say, being humble, like being humble about what I do know and what I don't know. And like, you know, being able to accept, actually, I don't know much about this business or this way of training or addiction or like how I'm soothing my emotions. Like it's better to reach out, you know? So yeah, dude, a hundred percent. And I look at it, you know, as uh, you coach people too, correct? That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some hypocrisy in me that like, I didn't think like I should maybe hire a coach. Now, listen, like had the business not taken off and super grateful for that. Like it, it grew faster than I was expecting but I had the inclination like, okay, I am so big on people hiring outside help me to help them with their health and fitness goals. Even if they kind of know or pretty much know what they're doing, we all know just that accountability, that slide application, the different perspective shift, all these things that happen in the art of coaching, like is so incredibly important. I'm just such an advocate for it. In fact, you know, when I got sober and I got sober in 12 step rooms like AA and, and NA and CA and they, uh, you know, they, they, you get a sponsor, which uh, is essentially just a free sober coach is what they should call it. And uh, today I get that gift to give it back because it was so freely given to me and just guide people through this process as people who've been there before. And, the, you know, a guy had a bunch of years sober and he, and he took me through these 12 steps and he met with me every week and he gave me accountability and application I'm like, and that shit worked. And so it's funny that I wasn't thinking like, oh, like when it comes to business, I should probably think a coach could help too. If, um, if this is growing quicker than I know what to do with, and I'm fumbling on every decision I seem like I'm making to hire a coach, I'm such a big advocate on co. I mean, I do it. I've got therapists and I, I mean, I took 2021 off from investing in mentors or coaches as far as business, but, um, I ramped it back up this year and, uh, and paid a high price for this, uh, this new mastermind that starts Tuesday and, um, you know, and I've, I've invested again in myself and it's not coincidental that all of a sudden things are moving better. And, and, and last thing I'll say on this is that I think for any successful entrepreneur and, and really people that have long-term success with their health and fitness too, it's, it's over time. There has to be a lot of, lot of grit and like 
just severe work ethic early on. And that work ethic continues, but it starts to look different where you start to learn to work smarter instead of harder. And I learned that lesson with the gym too, is that the older I got, the more stress I had on my plate, the less I was recovering. Like I couldn't pound these kind of, you know, crazy workouts six days a week. Like I had to start prioritizing more recovery. And so it's funny, people see me like, you know, people who don't work out, they're always like, well, how many, how many hours do you spend in the gym? Like nine a day. And I'm like, nope, like an hour. Right. But I mm. used to be like two, three hours a day. Yeah. And I've learned to work smarter, not harder. And that's the same thing that I'm slowly finding in business mm. is that to work smarter, not harder. Like, and, and that that's, that's huge. And people have long-term success in business or their health or their mm. body. Um, they've learned that that uh, that right formulation, right? Yeah, it's 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 really easy to be busy. Like I can busy myself all day with things that I think are like you know with anything that I think is going to get me more clients or that I'm going to help my clients, blah blah blah. But there are just real simple foundational stuff that you might not be taking into account without an outside perspective. Yes. Like, and you just you're treading water otherwise, and like all that effort is just wasted effort without like one small tweak one small extra bit so yeah it's, it's difficult to know because i mean the amount of coaches like coming out like new business coaches and like like there are so many now and and i bet there are a lot more sharks in the water than there once were yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah there are and you know what's interesting is i've i've hired uh i you know quite a few in the last four years for all different things man like uh i hired a podcast coach when i first started my i didn't even know that was a thing like it's a thing. Um, you know, I heard a content coach years ago who ended up becoming one of my really good friends. His name's Jordan Syatt. And, uh, like that was the best investment I've probably ever made. And then I've also hired some business or been part of mentorships or, uh, uh, masterminds that, that quite frankly, I probably learned more of what not to do than what to do. As I watched this particular individual, uh, and how he operate in his life. And, you know, I was bitter for a while because he overpromised known to delivered me like big time. I spent a ton of money and it was like, Oh, wow. and it was not what he said it was going to be. And it took one, me a one-on-one -on -one coach. Is that one-on-one -on -one coaching or like part of a group or what? Yeah. You got like, you were part of this group, but you also got like one-on-one -on -one calls. You know, he was supposed to come out and work with my team quarterly and fly out. Um, he kept rescheduling that there was a lot of things. And then watching how he operated in his personal life, um, and like, I have no ill will against this guy today. He did help me in some areas, but what he promised he was going to help me with and what happened was a, was a big gap. But I'll tell you what, man, I walked away from that experience and it took me a few months to kind of work through it. Um, I even ended early. I was like, just keep the rest of my money, man. Like, I can't do this. But I, I started to realize I learned so much what not to do that it was probably worth every single penny because what I realized in that moment was, I don't care how good you are in business, how you operate as a man matters to me, how you operate outside of your life, life out of your business, right? Matters. And I didn't know that shit mattered that much till this guy showed me an example of not being a guy of integrity and not being faithful. There was like all of these things that I really struck a chord that lot made me lose respect. And once you lose respect for someone, it's hard to listen to them. And so that's where I got resentful, but Months and months later, I was like, you know what? I'm so grateful for that. And I really am today uh, because I learned that it matters to me how you are as a man. Like, I don't care how good you are, how much money you make in business. I want I want a mentor and a coach who is also somebody that can I can emulate behavior to me that I want to be like. And so even with clients that I've started over the years, that said, oh, I had a horrible experience with this coach. And, you know, and I'm bitter against coaching. And I said, well, cool. And we started unwrapping this and unraveling it. And we find that I, this guy might've just been, been the biggest blessing because this lady learned so much of what she doesn't want in a coach that, you know, and then we found like, mm -hmm. what's going to work for her. So, yeah, hundred percent. It's like, we intrinsically know, like we know deep down when we trust someone or not. And when we trust what someone's saying and when like, when they're not doing the actions that they've said they're going to do, or like, it just leaves a bad taste. And you can like, you kind of get that sense and feeling like there's someone posted the other day about a uh, thing called inversion thinking. I think it's inversion thinking and where you, you take the problem and you flip it on its head. So like, if you want to get wealthy, like what's the opposite of that? Like, what do I do to get poor? 
like you know so the actions you would take would be like you know spend unnecessarily spend more than you're earning um make bad business investments without checking them and then you basically just avoid all the things that are gonna get you to that Mm. the opposite you know quicker so the same with health and fitness is like what what would make me unhealthy like what would i do to get unhealthy the quickest and it would be like have a poor energy balance eat un- eat lots of highly processed foods all the time sleep badly not get enough rest um be sedentary like, and with all these problems if if you think of it in terms of like what's going to get me to the worst result quickest and then avoid all of those things and i suppose like that experience with the coach has just showed you like right don't do that don't do that don't do that and so, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe you did, you, you got, you got bang for your money, but in a different way. hundred percent. That was the learning lesson I took away from that. And, and I think that's, that's a big takeaway from people listening to every moment is a moment for, for a learning lesson somewhere along the line. And, you know, and, and just even in my own personal growth, man, I'll tell you what, like, you know, Gary V talks about this a lot about falling in love with your losses, right. And, uh, or falling in love with when you fail or you stumble and, um, because, and it took me a long time to embody that and I'm not perfect at it today, but I can get there pretty quick because truly that is when I learned the most, unfortunately, the way the human body, like brain is set up and the ego is that when I'm winning, sometimes I fail to like actually view the, the lessons in this. Like, why am I winning? I'm just like, shit, we're on a great roll. Money's coming in or whatever. Like, um, and instead of viewing truly, like, how am I getting here? Like, what am I doing? Like really diving in to learn. And so I definitely tend to learn more from my losses than my wins. And so today I try to be grateful for those because we're all going to lose. We're all going to suck. We're all going to fail at, at uh, different things. And, and I feel like sometimes it's daily for me. Uh, but the takeaways I learned from those and how I can implement and become a better man, a better coach, a better entrepreneur, um, man, it pays me back tenfold. Like mistakes yeah. are just proof that you're trying. Yeah. So like, if you're making mistakes out there, like good, you're trying. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you're just one step closer. Like as long as you keep going again, then you're going to be one step closer to getting somewhere. And sometimes you might fail at the goal that you're going towards, but in that failure, you actually spot other opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you might realize that, hang on, I was beating at a door that was always locked and like, mm. but hang on this door over here that looks pretty semi-open like there's an opportunity there but you only get the opportunity to look at what door is slightly open once you've you've said right this one has actually beaten me and i can't get through this door and then you accept the failure and you move on but some people just cannot accept the failure and i've been in that situation before i just can't accept the failure i can't accept that i failed in a task and you waste time you waste effort you waste money still going towards it and you say hang on wait if i just change my perspective a little bit there's a great opportunity right there and you know so it's like it's being open and willing and willing to change and, and, and all of that stuff around there. So one of, one of the things that I really love about your Insta and, and the stuff that you talk about on social media is that you're not just talking about how to get ripped, how to get lean, like how to do X, Y, and Z that's just around strength and nutrition. You, you're bringing in this spirituality aspect. And like, you know, I saw that you did the, the session with serenity under the stars and you're a big man about, um, meditation and and bringing these all these other areas of your life that now that you met now that you bring it in so much it's clear that it's missing in so many people's lives or that spirituality and the connection to others so can you can you talk a little bit about what prompted that and like where that what space that comes from yeah i mean you know it's uh you know when i first got sober it really comes from the roots of recovery and when i first got sober um, you know, what people don't know a lot about, like looking on the outside, looking in at a program like AA, for example, is that really the, the fundamental thesis of AA is, is finding a, a connection to a, a higher power grade in yourself that can help you stay sober. Like they say, if you miss the spiritual part of the program, you miss the whole program. It's uh, and it's not quite like what the movie show with about a bunch of crusty old men sitting around talking about how much they drank. And trust me, there are some meetings that suck that are like that, but that's not like the experience I got. And so my spiritual connection, it was basically in, ingrained in me that like, I will only stay sober if I'm connected to something greater than myself, because when, when the ego starts to run the show, like that's, that's when, that's when people tend to think like, Oh, I can go put myself in these risky spots or I can do this, or I've got this. And then they don't have it. Right. And they stumble and fall. And what I realized was, as I started talking about spirituality more, I got a lot of pushback initially where people were like, well, keep your church views to yourself. I remember one comment saying, (laughs) 
Stop and reading the funny, comments. I was like, so I don't go to church. Like, and I have no problem with church. Like, I have no problem with organized religion. Um, if it works for people, that's great. I'm, I'm, uh, I personally don't belong to any particular uh, organization or religion. And so I realized that there was this gap in what people thought about spirituality and they compared it, uh, they, they just associated with religion. And the example I like to give is the two very different things um, can be the same. So the example I like to give is that it's like playing a pickup game of, of so it's like football, right? religion is it's very set rules um you know the players are like lined up you have to be exactly right like it's very there's tight parameters there's um you know there's set guidelines set rules on how this kind of works um but you're still on the field spirituality is like you you pick up a football you go with your buddies to the park and everyone's lined up in all different ways there's nobody blowing a whistle you're 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 still playing the game the essence of the game is to connect to something greater in yourself right to god or whatever source however but it's very free flow it's you get to kind of play the game how you want and you know not not as many rules or regulations or tight and i i said so it's still trying to accomplish the same thing but they're two very different things and so i started talking about like i i think that spiritual health people even when i challenge clients that because i tell them listen if you want a guy that's just gonna do your macros and training you probably find something cheaper than me but i really want to talk to you about all of these legs of the chair because what i've seen is when you're optimizing your best you tend to make better decisions you tend to value yourself more you tend to put in that time to the gym you tend to value your health a little more because you're more well-rounded and so when I went, went in on the uh, spiritual thing, I just realized that anything that feeds your spirit and gets you outside of ego to me is spirituality. For some people that's hiking in nature, some people that's a long walk on the beach, some people that's meditation, some people that is more traditional stuff like prayer or going to church. Cool. Like that's great. Like whatever it is that feeds your spirit and not your ego and that gets me outside of that. Um, is when I feel peace and I feel this, this calmness and serenity. And so I definitely um, have have made it part of my content because it's such an integral part of my life. And, you know, it also, if I'm not talking about that, then I'm really not being authentic to like what all I have to offer because my connection with, with, I, I call it God, but I don't really know what that means. In fact, I had, I had somebody say, well, Oh, so what is God to you? Are you Christian? I'm like, I, I don't even, I don't even know like what God is. I just know that it's so much greater than me. And there's something else out there. Like, in, and so for people acronym that God throws them off, I say like good orderly direction. Like that's like, that's an acronym for God that works for me. And so when I'm spiritually in tune, like, I mean, just even small shit, man, like I'm listening to you better. I'm, I'm more engaged. I'm more intent because I'm not just letting my head just run the show. And so for me, anything to get me into my heart to me is quote unquote spirituality. And so it's a very broad term. Um, and, and I'm trying to kind of push the narrative that like, it, it's going to look different for everyone in your path. Your spiritual path is yours to pave. No one gets to tell you how that works. No one gets to tell you, you have to do this, this, or this. And I think that's the beauty in it. So yeah, that's super strong. It's super strong and it's 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 really needed. And I've certainly noticed with my journey into spirituality as well that it treating people with more understanding, treating people with more empathy, yes. treating yourself with more understanding, more empathy makes you understand that yes, you're human, you're gonna make mistakes. And just to quieten down that whole self like flagellation and self like I'm a piece of shit. And like that one decision to, you know, have the donut or do whatever doesn't need to result in a whole like shouting an argument match with yourself about, you know, how you should be sticking to your diet or you, how you, you know, you're letting yourself slip or so and comparing yourself to others. Like, and that is, it's a huge element of health. Like we're humans, we're spiritual animals. We're, 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 we've come from a place of great spiritual evolution in all of history. Like the religion has played a huge role in, in history, tradition and connectedness and helping each other out. Like all of this stuff has been so integral until the last 50 years when suddenly everyone has been like anti-religion, anti, um, mm -hmm. you know, very internalized consumer based, you know, like, you know, it's a dog eat dog world Go and you know, fuck over the next person to make another 50, 50 quid. Like it's, it's, 
it's something that's been lacking and it's coming back as people have, have maybe re standardized religion needed to be chastised as, as much as it has to allow spirituality to come back in and mm. people to get painful enough to accept it. Because I've certainly noticed, certainly in my friend circle and the people, maybe it's the people I'm hanging around with now, more people are welcoming spirituality into their lives, whatever form that may be. You're, you're right. I mean, it takes many, many forms and there doesn't have to be a rigid structure. And Pete, I got turned off from, god when i was younger because i went to a very catholic school and you know and it was like church three times a week and it was so it was obviously i was going to rebel from that and the rebelling from that was you know like oh i don't need god like i don't need to go to these things and like i don't need to um go sing hymns all the time and it was made in sort of a very very boring structure and, and the more i've welcomed spirituality back into my life the more i've been kinder to myself the better i am with staying consistent with stuff in the gym the better i am like you say listening to other people being around other people being a better friend being a better family member all of this stuff that is far and beyond like what people standard see as the standard health and fitness which is like you know, getting lean and, you know, running a fast mile. Dude, couldn't have said any better myself. As you were talking, I'm like, I need to get this guy on my podcast. Because <laughs> you said it right there. You asked me earlier, how did I stop the, the extreme body dysmorphia where I start? And trust me, I still have it. But how did I start viewing myself for like probably what actually other people see, you know, um, which was a huge step up from where I what I saw myself as. And it, it didn't happen overnight. And it happened through these consistent work you talked about. Like, you know, it's it's crazy when when I work with clients for a long time and they get to that place where they're just not they're not judging themselves as hard that that inner chatter that you talked about is just a little bit quieter and all this shit. And it, they're like, I don't know what's changing. I'm like, I do. You've done the small consistent things daily that it's it's usually it's rarely ever this epiphany aha moment for some people it is but slowly these slow changes start to occur and it happens through you know getting in touch more with your spiritual side because we are just spiritual beings having a human experience you don't have to fucking try to be spiritual you like you said it's like just starting to have more compassion for people starting to be a better listener like you know just living more from our heart instead of our head and when you can do that that heart can override the head and say hey shut the fuck up like you're all good you ate the donut you're not it's not the end of the world and these beautiful changes start to occur and and the cool part is sometimes the confusing part to people is you get to pick that path however that looks for you like however that is even I would even argue because it helps with your mental and emotional health, but even watching less shitty television, especially the fucking news and reading an inspirational book that might not have anything to do with God. But to me, what that does is it gets me out of this bullshit, chaos, stressful environment, and it gets me more into parasympathetic. I've said before that anything that activates my parasympathetic, you could argue might be a spiritual might be a spiritual thing. Because it's getting me out of that stress fight or flight response that the world has trained us to fucking live in. And when I can live in that place of just peace and calm that rest and digest, like to me, that's when I operate from my heart. And guess what? Like you said, I make better fucking decisions. I treat people kinder. I have more compassion. I have more empathy. I have less judgment. To me, that is living a spiritual life. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And it, it's this, I mean, we're, we're often trapped in our own echo chambers you know, with social media, you follow the same people, like you, you hear the same divisive voices. And I love what you said about not being on the news. Like it's one of the things that I'm starting to, I, I stopped watching the news probably about four or five years ago, but then I got back into it in COVID. Like there was nothing mm -hmm. else to Dude, do. Amen. And I, was, Me too. <laughs> I was like, and all it was, was like sitting on the sofa, just like brain plugged into like how many deaths were happening, like how, how miserable the world is blah 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 and i was like first first of all like it's it was entertainment you know i mean not the amount of death but you know what i mean like the whole thing you're you're locked into this like huge global event and you don't realize until two months of watching it you're like hang on i'm in a really fearful and negative state like <clears throat> i'm i'm your mental health really goes downhill and you're hearing the same things repeated to each other like my mom was saying did you see this on the news <clears throat> excuse me and my dad was saying did you see this on the news did, and um you know everyone is repeating the same thing and you're like hang on what's going on here like 
we're all sucked into this matrix of fear and like you know and, and nothing good happens in fear all of our negative emotions stem from fear and all of our negative actions gen generally stem from fear so the news has a huge a huge part to play if you can get that out of your diet then you're winning against most people dude we we have a lot in common man you know what's funny was you know living this i Bro, I could really care less about politics for the mm. good majority of my life until COVID all of a sudden. And the more news I watched, the more I felt like I was forcing this place to take a side. Like I was mm. like, oh, and so I went far on one side. I was like, I'm on this side. Like, and then I'm like, wait, this doesn't like, why am I? <laughs> I don't want to pick a side. Why are you guys making me? Yeah. And I still have um, some feelings and thoughts and beliefs, but the more I've just taken a step back, I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, they just, it's a bunch of fear propaganda and they're not going to get ratings if they just talk about nice stuff all the time. It's, you know, and, and the death toll counter that was on forever on everything. And, and then I went through a phase where I was like, this is all a hoax too. They just scammed us. It was just this flip flop of all these things. And I got way too wrapped up to it. And quite frankly, I was fucking miserable. And I wear an aura ring that checks my, you know, gives me my resting heart rate and my heart rate variability and basically kind of getting a gauge on like how stressed is Brad's body. Right. And, um, that's not an exact science, but it's crazy, man. That thing just started tanking. Like it was just like, I mean, and, and the only thing I was doing different was, was that I was engulfed in this news and the sphere. And I was living in this fight or flight state and not living a spiritual life. And when I disconnected from that more and, uh, just started doing me, my life got way better. Like I, I used to, you know, I got a buddy who still tries to send me all these shit and, you know, things and reels on Instagram. And I finally just told him just the other day, I was like, bro, I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't even like, like these anymore. I said, just. I just, my life's better when I don't get involved in the negativity, man. And he was like, well, okay, but cool. Watch that last reel though, dude. Tell me how fucking crazy that is. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't want to watch the fucking reel, dude. I just want to be happy. And like, that's what I choose today. And I operate so much better from that place. Um, so if you're listening out there, quit watching the fucking news, especially before bed. People go, well, I want to be informed. In fact, I made an Instagram post one time that was like ways to be happier. And like the last one was stop watching the fucking news. And I had multiple people in the comments say, well, the, yeah, I like to be informed. I'm like, that's such a, but like, trust me, if it's important, you'll hear about it. You'll hear about it from somebody. Trust me. If it's that important, um, you're going to hear about it. And so, um, fear is just, just, uh, you know, it's an acronym is fuck everything and run. You just kind of run from life. You're just in such fear. Um, you know, and so, and then in, in the cover community, they talk about, um, or can be faced everything and recover and like, you know, recover maybe doesn't fit in the context of just everyday people. But to me, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's often just false evidence appearing real because I get to decide the minute I stopped watching the news, I got less and less fearful about different shit because I was just living my life. And so it was kind of false evidence. It doesn't mean that there's things that aren't real, but our perceptions of how our brains work. And I'm telling you, if you, that is, I think one of I think there's two huge underestimated parts of a physical transformation. One is sleep and two is stress management. We live in such a stressful fight or flight world today. Um, there's a reason why we're moral beast society, especially here in the States. And, and yes, fast food, highly palatable processed food. Every turn you look, that is a huge component of this. Absolutely. But I think one misunderstood, um, um, mis like one thing that is not quite, um, I think that it doesn't get enough weight that it should is how stressful an environment we live in. Even this device was my phone. This phone is beautiful. It's it's gave us so much advances in technology, but man, like I used to wake up and the minute I'd open my eyes, I was on my, my text messages, my email. And there's usually like something bad, like a fire I have to put out immediately. I'm in fight or flight. So I don't even touch my phone for the first half hour waking up now. And yeah. it's such a beautiful place. Yeah, I, I need to get into that because I've, I've started doing that again. You know, I wake up and that's the thing. My like my alarm clock's in there. So it's like, you know, I roll over, my alarm goes off. And then the first thing I do is I take it off airplane mode and then all the messages come through. So like, it's a difficult thing to get away from. But I mean, you mentioned that not, not a lot of people, maybe recovery doesn't apply to a lot of people, you know, outside of the recovery circles in NA and A. I think it applies to loads more people than they realize. Like yeah. there's so much addiction in 
like in, in the general population, you know, to, to, to phones, to fast food, to drugs and alcohol as well, but people aren't accepting it. Um, <clears throat> and it could be this di- like being devoid of uh, spirituality or whatever it may be. But I think there's a lot of stuff from AA and NA that can come across that people can accept into their own lives and they will have ha- much happier and healthier lives and healthier lives. Um, so I would agree with that. It's, 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 it's something that, and you're right, you know, it's got this, it's got this image of crusty guys in a, in a room, you know, sipping old coffee and, you know, talking about how terrible life is, but it's just so not that. I mean, I've had my, my um, experiences with NA and AA and, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible community and it's an incredible, it's an incredible perspective change on life. You know, it's um, just trust God, clean house, help others. It's kind of a tri- triangle. So the cool thing is you get to pick whatever that God is to you. It's a, it's a short word to encompass a big, big meaning. And then clean house means like, you know, owning my side of the street, saying sorry when I'm wrong, not carrying resentments around and grudges all the time. And, and on all this shit, just making sure like my side of the street on life is clean, that I'm not walking around fucking people over. And then to help others to like reach out my hand and be of service that like doesn't include somebody paying me. Like that's a, that's a recipe for a pretty good life. If you can just kind of rotate between those three things. Mm. I love what you said there, not expecting payment for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to do something or i've got to be rewarded for it or like he didn't do anything for me why would i do anything for him it's like yeah it's a crazy selfish place we come from a lot of the time but you know that that little switch and change makes a huge difference you know it's funny and i'd say this on that note uh is i i was asked to come speak at this uh local thing here for um troubled youth um that have gone through you know drug and alcohol addiction and and they wanted this, this, they're having this like big end of year thing for this, you know, this, um, I think it's a rehab type of deal. And, and the lady asked me to come speak and not only share my story, but also, you know, these kids are old enough. They're like 16 to 15 to 17 talk about the importance of like health and fitness and, and really cleaning up and changing someone's life. And she said to me on the DM, she said, well, great. Um, please let me know how much you charge. And for a normal speaking engagement, I charge and I went to write back the price and I just got this twinge. It was like, this is different. These are like if the payment that I'll receive for making an impact on one kid there, if one kid even decides to listen, is so much more valuable than a check in the mail. And so, uh, you know, I stopped and I just said, hey, it's on me. And that to me is living a spiritual life because I, I was about to just send back what I charge and those are the kind of things where I'm like, no, no, no. I get to go be of service today and hopefully help somebody else. That's like the payment for that is so mm, much better than so a check. Valuable. So, so, so valuable. And that's the thing. That's what we miss out on is like that feeling of, I think it was Huberman. I don't know if you, you watch, you, mm-hmm. you have like a Huberman lab or anything. And, and like, just on a, even on a scientific sense, like being grateful for stuff, is is great and we, and it has a huge impact on our spirituality and, and our and our mental health and our physical health but what has that next level of impact even scientifically is receiving gratitude is doing something for someone else that they are thankful to you for and i thought that was incre- an incredible shift in perspective because often we only think of gratitude as like okay i'm i'm you know i'm grateful for my family i'm grateful for the food in the fridge i'm grateful for you know another day like x y and z but doing something for someone else that they're grateful for and knows and you know that you've had an impact in helping them in their life has a far greater impact than just being grateful for what we have in our life. Oh my gosh, hundred percent. It's this gift that keeps giving. They express their gratitude. It fills your heart up. Like that's when we're talking about spirituality. Like you just, that that's a prime example of it. Like, and it's also good for your mental and emotional health. So a lot of times you can hit all the areas. And I just think that people are lacking in this. And when you tend to show up better, like you do those things for other people, it's funny. Your body starts looking better because you make more decisions that are in line, excuse me, with your highest self. Mm. So hundred percent brad that's that's a really nice point to end on i really appreciate you coming on i just want to could you let everyone know like i'm sure you piqued some interest in a lot of people here like where can they find you online um and what can they look out for in the coming weeks and months yeah so you can find me at uh on instagram at the sober bodybuilder that's by far where i'm the most active um I do have a TikTok and Facebook, but if you want to get a hold of me, Instagram's a place to be. And then uh, our website is keynutrition.com. But honestly, uh, 
uh, podcast is the key nutrition podcast. We're about 400 episodes in and, uh, and that's, uh, and I, and I think you're going to be coming on the show, which we'll talk about after, but, uh, Love to. um, yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can find me. And, 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 uh, I don't want to say too much, but starting 2023, uh, you'll be hearing leading up to that, uh, uh, there may or may not be, but mostly maybe, uh, a, a year long coaching program for men to take them through a lot of what, like it's a whole business aspect to it the whole year, but, um, different quarters on emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, and physical health kind of taking uh, a small group of 12 men to blow up their business, their personal relationships, their, their spirituality. And so stay on the lookout for that, uh, putting that all together now. So, wow. Epic, epic. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But Brad, thanks again so much. And um, yeah, we'll speak again soon.